your word today. Uh, Lord, will you just... Um, Will you just build our lives on you, God, as we as we go to your word today? We trust, God, that your word is is true and will speak to us tonight. And so, God, just make us ready. Make us ready to to hear what you want us to hear and to know what you want us to know about your love and your way. Thank you, God, that we get to come to you, come before you, and worship you, God, and just kind of forget everything going on around us for just a moment and be with you, be with you, Jesus, to be in your presence. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all can have a seat right where you're at. We're in this series called We Believe. We took a little break from it last week, and we're jumping right back in this week with part two of our series. Now, we said about a week ago, I'm sorry, a couple weeks ago, we said part one of our series was called Jesus is Better. And when you walk into our building, you see, um, you see these signs, you see these uh, prints on the windows, and one of them says Jesus is better. That's one of the things we believe. And today we're going to see and learn and start part two of this. And part two of this is that the gospel changes everything. Now, it's really interesting. Beliefs are really interesting. I'm going to travel today, okay? So just track with me. Track with me, okay? So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back here, and I'm going to come back and, and just visit with my buddies here because I think that a belief is very much like this, okay? Our entire series for like the year is called We Believe. It's on the screen. And I'm going to come back here to my, my buddy Angel. Don't worry, Angel. You don't have to say anything. But uh, do me a favor. Stand up for a second. How you doing, buddy? Can you shake my hand? All right. I like that. Look at that. A nice, good, a firm handshake. He's like, I, I know what I'm doing here. I, I, okay. I, I know. Uh, you can sit down. I, I got another buddy that never lets me down with a handshake. Yeah, you already know. You already know. What's up, man? Look at that. All right. Yeah. You know, I like that. Okay. So you, you want to shake my hand? She's like, no, please. No, please. All right. And can I, I have a visitor today? Her name is Skylar. Hi, Skylar. Can I shake your hand? Awesome. I love it. I love it. You know, a belief, I think, sometimes is a lot like a handshake. So here's the thing about a handshake. You, say, you shake somebody's hand, and right away, when you shake their hand, you know, like, they either shake your hand with a strong grip, there you go, or a really weak, like, oh, I like it, like, uh, this is a dead fish kind of thing is what I heard somebody call it earlier. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing about a belief. A belief is a lot like a handshake. You know, some of us have beliefs kind of like a handshake and our beliefs are really firm. Like we're strong in what we believe. We're strong in what we hold on to about our faith and about God. And then for some of us, our beliefs might be like a really weak, wimpy handshake. We don't really have a strong hold or a grasp on what we believe about God. And that's what this whole series is about. It's about what we believe. And so part two today is talking about how the gospel changes everything, okay? This is a phrase that we want you to know and memorize. That's why it's printed on the windows in our student building. We believe that the gospel changes everything, not some things, the gospel changes everything. I'm gonna ask you a quick, quick question here, okay? And the question is this, what is the gospel? If I had to ask you what the gospel is, what would you say? What would you say to somebody if somebody says, what do you mean gospel? Gospel sounds like such a churchy word. What do you mean when you say gospel? Because here's the thing, if, track with me, okay? If the gospel does change everything, 
that we probably should know what that word means that changes everything. Gospel. What is the gospel? And then would you be ready to just stand and say, this is what the gospel is. No, I'm serious. Isn't there anybody in here today that would be like, I will give you the gospel in about a sentence or two. Anybody? Ali, you got something for me? Okay, stand right where you are. Everybody's like, don't raise your hand. You're going to have to stand up. Okay, Ali, what's up, man? The good news. The good news. I like that. Okay, the good news. So gospel is good news. Okay, anybody else? Be like, I got something. I got something. Anybody? Everybody's like, just please don't make me, don't make me stand and say it. Okay, I might stay in my chair. Uh, you got something for us, Josue? Okay, you don't have to stand. I only I want to make Allah stand. So, but anyway, you don't have to stand up. But what would you say if it's like, what's the gospel? What do you mean by gospel? Resurrection. Okay, resurrection, death. death. Say again. Resurrection, death. Resurrection, death is risen. Okay, all right. Okay, good. So we want to have a good grasp on what this word gospel means, okay? So the first thing I want to say is this, is that the gospel is definitely God's good news, just like you said, Ale. It is good news. It is God's story of good news. So this gospel is God's story, first of all, and it's how you and I play a part where we fall into God's story. And it definitely is a good news story. You see, at the very beginning of this gospel story, we know that God creates. That's what he does. He creates mankind. He creates Adam and Eve. He, he uh, blesses them and they live a life that is amazing, free from sin. Can you imagine a world free from pain, Free from the pain that you've seen people go through, your families go through, your loved ones go through, free from death, free from evil, free from all of that. That was the world that God gave that he created for Adam and Eve. And here's the thing that's very important about the gospel, and this is what you should know about the gospel, okay? Don't forget this, don't forget this. God created every single person, every single living thing, everything on this earth, is created to worship God and to love God. Humanity was created to worship God. That just is a fancy way of saying humanity was created to love God with all their hearts. And oh, by the way, God loves and loved humanity with all his heart from the very beginning. So the gospel is about God creating. The gospel is also about, in the story, it goes that uh, sin breaks. God creates, but sin breaks. See, this is what sin does. Sin says, God, I don't believe you. I don't trust you. And I'm gonna do what I wanna do my own way because I don't trust you, God. I don't trust your love. I don't trust that you're good. And I just wanna do things my way. And so sin breaks us. It breaks this relationship that people, that we can have with God. It separates us from God. It breaks a relationship with God. Sin definitely breaks. And if we were to take some time and look at the full story, like really, really deep, you'd see all of the brokenness that people can experience with sin. In fact, if you just think about your lives or the world around you as it revolves, as it spins every single day, this little sphere that we call planet Earth, you can see the brokenness that is in our world every single day and everywhere that we are. That sin definitely has broken this world. You know, lately I've been reading a lot and learning a lot about crisis. I've been learning a lot about trauma and the kind of crisis and trauma that people go through. And one day after I did all this study, I just went to the park and I just kind of walked by myself. It was dark, I was just walking. And I just started saying, God, this world is so messed up. It's so broken. God, there's, there's so much 
hurt that people can experience in our world today? And what's the answer? Like, like God, the, the result of, of us turning away from you and forgetting you, God, has broken our families to the core. Uh, it's broken, it's broken our, our parents' marriages and made their marriages so messed up. God, we've seen people die that we care about. We've seen people get in trouble that we care about. We've seen people turn to drugs and substance abuse, thinking that that's going to give them this peace in their heart that they look for, that they don't even know that they're looking for. And God, what's the answer? Because sin has definitely broken and messed everything up. See, that's where the third part of this story comes in, and it's that Jesus Christ, he restores he, he redeems and brings back. He restores everything that was lost, everything that sin broke, sin's curse. It's the way that sin killed and separated from God. Jesus Christ in the gospel restores. He brings people, he brings lives back to God. And, he, and, and now we can walk with him. We can walk on this earth as his disciple. We can walk this earth as a son or a daughter of God. It's a common misconception that we are all children of God, but that's not the case. We definitely are all God's creation. God created all of us, but the, the name and the title the, to be called the child of God is reserved for those that are adopted into God's family because they have had a relationship with God restored back again. That's a child of God. The gospel changes everything. The gospel changes everything means that Jesus is more powerful than death and stuff. And that's kind of like the main point of today. The main point of today is that Jesus is more powerful than death and gives us new life. Now, I want to take you to this really cool story. The story is in Luke. And if you have your Bible, I'm going to ask that you go there. If you don't have a Bible tonight, um, look it up on your phone app. That's assuming you have a Bible phone app. I hope you do. Um, if you don't have a phone app, you can talk with me, talk with one of our leaders afterwards. If your leader doesn't have a phone app on their phone, be like, hey, where's your phone app? But I'm pretty sure that all of our leaders have Bible phone apps. And so, um, but if you don't have one, you can download one later. But we're going to be in, in Luke chapter 8 today. And I want to show you this really cool story from Luke of, of this family that experienced death. And because of Jesus, then they experienced life. Okay, so the story goes like this. It says that when Jesus returned... The crowd welcomed him. So Jesus is out. He had just healed the man who was demon-possessed with a couple thousand demons living inside of him, literally. And as he's returning from that, there's a crowd that's there. And it says that the crowd, this is verse 40, Luke 8, chapter 40. It says that the crowd welcomed him. And for they were all expecting Jesus. They were waiting for Jesus. They were like, Jesus is coming back. What's he going to do? What's he going to say? And they were ready for him. It says, just then a man named Jairus came. There's this dude. His name was Jairus. And Jairus was a leader in the synagogue. He was a leader in their religious meeting place, the synagogue. And it says that he fell down at Jesus' feet. And he pleaded with Jesus. He begged Jesus to come to his house because he had an only daughter who was 12 years old and she was, she was dying. And can you imagine as Jesus walking through this big crowd of people, this, this man who's a religious leader in their, in their belief system, he comes up to Jesus and he begins to beg Jesus to please come to his house because his only daughter... Listen to this. I don't know if you're an only girl in your family, but it says that his only daughter, who is about 12 years old, who is about 12 years old, and some of you are like turning 13 this year, so you may have been the same age. You may be currently the same age as this girl, and she was dying. 
Now, if you read the rest of the story, Jesus is like slowed down for a little bit because there's a woman that comes to him and Jesus heals that woman. And you can read that on your own time this week at home. It's in the same chapter. We're going to jump down to verse 49. It says, while Jesus was speaking to the crowd and speaking to the woman who he had just healed, someone came from the synagogue leader's house. So somebody came from Jairus's house and they get to Jesus where he's at there where he's walking and they tell Jairus, the dad, they tell dad and Jesus your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. You just tell Jesus he doesn't have to come to the house anymore. That's interesting. What, what does that mean when they say that it's too late? Jesus, you, you took too long. There's no point. Don't waste your time anymore. You see, they believed that Jesus could have helped the little girl if she was sick. But now that she's dead, Jesus can do nothing to help this girl. Like if she had still been alive, if she'd still been breathing, but really, really sick and about to die, maybe Jesus could have done something to help the girl out, right? But now that she's dead, it's, it's just too late. That's like, that's the limit, Jesus. You can't do anything about that. Maybe you could have helped when she was sick, but that's beyond what you can do, Jesus. You can't do anything else anymore. The next verse says that when Jesus heard this, Jesus didn't say, oh, I wish we could have gotten to her on time. Kind of like a scene from like one of those um, medical TV shows where they're trying to save somebody and they, they aren't able to save the person. They're like, oh, we tried. Now we got to go tell the family. It wasn't like that. It says that when Jesus heard what they were saying, Jesus said, don't be afraid, believe, and she will be saved. Those two things, don't be afraid and believe, and she will be saved. That's what Jesus had to say to them. Verse 51 says that after he came to the house, he let no one enter with him except Peter, John, James, and the child's father and the child's mother. And everyone outside was crying. Everyone outside the house is crying, weeping. They've just lost this 12-year-old little girl. And Jesus says, y'all go outside. You go outside, you, you're gonna cry, you're gonna weep out there. And he says, come on, mama. Let's go in this room here where your 12-year-old little girl is who's, who's laying there dead. And come on, dad. Get in here. And then he, he says, Peter, James, John, his disciples were his followers. He says, y'all are going to witness this. Come in here. And he gets them all in this room right here. And the next verse says that everyone's crying outside, but he said, stop crying. Y'all stop. Stop it. Stop. He says, she's not dead. She's asleep. And they laughed at Jesus because they knew that she was dead. I was like, what's this guy's problem? He doesn't even know what dead is. Dead is dead. She's not breathing. She's dead. Then he gave orders. Um, this is what he says. Verse 44, I skipped a verse. So he took her by the hand and he called her up. He says, get up, little girl, child, get up. And he gets her by the hand. And verse 55 says that her spirit returned. And at once she got up. And then he gave orders that she be given something to eat so that everybody could see that she wasn't really dead and she wasn't a ghost and she was going to eat something right in front of them. Her parents were astounded and he instructed them to not tell anybody what had happened yet. It's kind of like, uh, Jesus, like people are going to kind of know she was dead and now she's alive. She's alive again. And, and Jesus says, don't, don't go on spreading this yet. It's not quite time for all of these miracle stories to be known quite yet. But the point is simply this. Listen, listen to me. Jesus, listen to me. Some of y'all have 
big problems going on in your life. Jesus is more powerful than even death itself. And that's good news. That's the gospel. Jesus is more powerful than death itself. And let me tell you for a moment why this is such good news. Listen to me. This is such good news because you and I, each and every one of us, have a little problem on our hands. It's actually a really big problem. And the problem is this, is that we are dead in sin too. See, this little girl was physically dead and needed Jesus to bring life back into her. And he did. You and I, listen to me. This is the biggest problem that you have in your life. The biggest problem in your life isn't that you failed your test on Friday or that your teacher is on your case or that your, prom, your parents are going through some serious things at home or that uh, that's not your biggest problem. That's a problem. But I promise you that your biggest problem and my biggest problem is that we are dead in sin. Like dead without Jesus. Romans 6.23 says this. You don't believe me. You're like, what are you talking about dead? I'm not dead. I'm doing just fine. No, spiritually, we are dead. You are dead without Jesus. Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death. Have you ever sinned? Yes. Your payment is death. You are dead in sin without Jesus. It says, but the free gift of God is eternal life. This one is even more clear. Ephesians 2 verse 1 says this, you were dead in your trespasses. That's sin. You were dead in your sin, is what it says. Jesus said this himself in John 8. I told you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, the son of God, you will die in your sins. You and I are dead. We are dead in sin without Jesus Christ. We are spiritually, spiritually, spiritually dead dead not bad dead okay, and when you are dead in your sin okay and that's what sin does it kills us when you are dead in your sin you don't know god you don't know him you don't have a relationship with him when you and i are dead in sin you don't understand God. You don't understand God's way of thinking about things. You don't understand God's way of doing things. You don't understand what God's way is. You don't understand what God's will is, what pleases God, because that's what death does. Dead, death means, dead in sin means you don't get God. You don't understand him. When we're dead in sin, we are separated from God. And I want to even say this, that you can come to church a lot and still be separated from a relationship with God. Dead in sin means that we're separated from God. When we're dead in sin, we don't really love God that much. We can love a lot of other things more than God when we're dead in sin. When we're dead in sin, we love sin more than we love God in his way. We're dead. I want to show you this photo. This is a photo of a skeleton here. Now, this skeleton has a problem. This, the problem that this skeleton has is that, it, that this skeleton is uh, the skeleton of a person who is dead. And the biggest problem this skeleton has is that it is a dead person that used to exist. This person is dead. And the problem isn't that it needs water, that he or she needs food. The, the problem is that this skeleton is dead. And that is who we are because of sin when we don't know Jesus. Spiritually, before God, dead. Now, 
Alice stood up a little while ago and said that the gospel means good news. And here's the good news. The gospel is this, that just like Jesus stepped in, he picked up that little girl by the hand and gave her life again. The gospel is this, is that Jesus stepped into our reality, our deadness when he was born. You know, Christmas is around the corner, right? Okay. Jesus stepped into our reality, our brokenness, our broken world. He lived this perfect life. He died for our sins so that we wouldn't have to die. And just like Jesus returns this little girl's life to her, Jesus takes us by the hand. And you know how you and I have been maybe spiritually dead. The good news is that Jesus, he brings us alive. He makes us spiritually alive again. I like that word, spiritually. Spiritually alive, because we were spiritually dead in every single way. And that's the last thing we're going to talk about today is that we were dead in our sin, but the good news is that we have been made alive. And this is where we're at today, Ephesians 2, 4, 5. It says this, it'll be on the screen, just follow on me. It says, God. And listen, listen to this, you, you see the first two words? Anybody, can you see it? What are the first two words on that screen on the verse? What? But God. But God. Do you know what was before that? What was before that was you were dead in your sin. You're just dead in your sin. But God. What does that mean? That God is good, it says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, the love that he had for us, he made us alive. You were dead, but God loves us. And he made us alive in Christ, even though we were dead in sin, in trespasses. You are saved by grace. See, when you are made alive with Christ, the Bible says that you're a new creation now. Before you were dead, now you've been made new. And because you've been made new, now you have a new love for God. When you didn't love God before, when you are new and made alive in Christ, now you love God more than you ever have. When you are alive in Christ, you actually start to understand God and his way. You start to understand God's word and what his, his message is and what it's like to be in his kingdom. You know, when, when you live in the United States of America and walk around America, you, you know what it feels like to be an American citizen, right? Like from the time my little girls bring home homework and I'm looking at their homework because they have like this civics kind of class thing. And, and I'm like, hmm, they're talking about what it means to be a citizen in Mission and Texas and America, right? You, you know what it feels like to be a citizen of a country, yes? And if you were to move to some foreign country, really foreign from here, you'd be like, this is really awkward. I don't know what it feels like to live in, and you just fill in the country, right? Well, here's the thing. When you become a new creation in God, in Christ, you, you know, you begin to know what it feels like to live in God's kingdom, in his way, that God's way and that God's kingdom feels different, and, and, and we live differently because of that. And when we're, when we're made alive with Christ, we begin to actually love God's way more than we love sin itself. It doesn't mean we stop sinning completely. We still fight sin and struggle with it. The difference is this, is that we don't love sin anymore. We actually start to hate sin and love God more than anything. Now, I want to show you this picture here. This, this picture right here says, inhale and exhale. It's just like, just breathe. Just breathe, man. And here's what this photo means right here. 
this photo simply means this, is that if you were to close your eyes for just a second, and we can actually do this together, okay? Like, just close your eyes for just a second. Some of you already have your eyes closed, so you're like half asleep, but that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. We'll join you, okay? Uh, <laughs> but you just close your eyes for a second, and can you just do me a favor? You haven't done this all week. You just take a deep breath, hold it for a few seconds, and just let it out slowly. Just let it go. Yeah, don't ruin the moment. Just breathe big and let it out. Do it one more time. Some of you guys are like, hey, that actually felt good. Okay, now look right here. Without that breath, you do not live. You cannot live. That breath is something that you need. Now here's the thing. Listen to me. Listen. Jesus Christ is this breath of life for your spirit. And without Jesus, we are dead. Now, why our, our, our part two of our series is um, the gospel changes everything. The good news we've just talked about today, it changes everything. And why does the gospel change everything? Because we were dead in sin and because of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us on the cross and because of his resurrection, that when we come and put our faith in him, we are moved from death over to life. This isn't my quote, I've heard it before, but I wanna share it with you. It just simply says this, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. I've even heard some people say, I don't need to go to church to be good. I can be good on my own. And I'd say, yeah, of, of course you, you, I've met a lot of good people that don't know God or don't believe in God. See, see, but that's, that's not the main issue of Christianity. The main issue of Christianity is not to make bad people better or so-so people gooder. I know it's not a word, all right? Just trying to see if you're listening. That's not the core. The gospel changes everything. And what that means is this. It, it means that, that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people, dead people, people who are spiritually dead, alive. That's the gospel. The gospel is that you and I were dead and Jesus came and made us alive. Now, lastly, the gospel compels us to love. Here's what this means. For those of us who know, for those of us who know and believe that we were dead, but now we're alive, you know what happens? Listen to me, don't miss this, don't miss this. For those of us who know that we were dead, but Jesus made us alive and now we live a new life. We're alive in Christ. We know God, we love him. He loves us and we know it. Knowing that we crossed from death to life, you know what it does? It gives us a great love for God. It compels us to love. We love God so much because we know he has crossed us over from death to life. If somebody were to ask me, why do you love God so much? I always see you posting churchy things and you go to church on Wednesdays and you go to church. Like, what's that about? Like, like I don't get it. Like, there's like so many religions and beliefs and like, like I, don't, I don't need that. Like, it's just dumb. Like, I, I don't, why do you love Jesus so much? My, my answer would be, hey, listen, I'm not trying to become a better person. I love Jesus so much because I was dead in my sin and he made me alive and now I know God. 
I'm forgiven, and I know Jesus. That makes all the difference. That's why the gospel changes everything. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and pray. And here's what I wanna do, okay? We don't do this very often, but I wanna take some time to do this and give you a few minutes to respond here. Um, the first is this. Just, I wanna ask you to not distract the people around you. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Listen, some of you are hearing this and for the first time ever, you have never heard that we were dead and now we can be made alive because of Jesus. Maybe you always thought this was just about being a better person. But maybe it's for the first time you're hearing this. And if you know, if you feel in your heart, if you know that God is calling you to move from death, from death in, in your sin to life, to life in Christ, and you want to surrender your life, you want to surrender your life to Jesus and say, Jesus, you're my king now. You're my Lord. I want to give you my life. If you've never done that before, then just... Will you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking. At least they shouldn't be. You've never done that before. All right, now here's what I want to do. Um, we're going to sing in a minute. But I want to take a minute to just um, spend some time in prayer with you all. And we can pray and thank God that he's moved us from death to life. We can pray for any needs that we have. And your C group leaders, except for the ones that are on stage leading, they're going to be staying off on the sides or other leaders will be around on the sides and stuff like that. And if you would um, like to pray with somebody, then, um, then, then pray. Just go, go up to a leader and say, will you pray for me? Pray for me about this. Pray for me about that. Pray for my mom. Pray for my dad. My, my family's going through something. Pray for them. I'm going through something. Pray for me. Um, there's gonna be, there's, there should be freedom here, like freedom to move, to not just be stuck to your chair. If you want to come to the front, you can come stand up here in the front. You can kneel down if you'd like to. Um, you can move off to the side. Um, you can go talk to one of the leaders on the sides and just say, hey, will you pray for me? And they'll pray for you, okay? But let's just take a minute. And here's what I'm going to do. Listen, listen. Some of you don't like to be different. You don't, you don't like to look different or be different. Um, but I want to encourage you be brave, be bold, step out of your seat. Go pray with somebody. Go pray for somebody. Come up to the front here and, and kneel down. Uh, kneel at your chair. You can kneel down right at your chair if you don't want to come up here. Um, but spend this moment praying and talking to God. And don't, don't just sit and miss out on this, all right? So that time, the time now is yours. I'm going to give you a few minutes. I'm going to ask you, move, be bold, be brave, and move.
let me just say this right where you're something i can tell a lot of you're just sitting there and you're praying that's good keep praying let me just say this you just take a minute right where you're sitting will you will you pray for one friend who is not here tonight and one friend who you know has most likely not crossed over from death to life they are still dead before god and god desperately wants them to move over to life to life in him there's one name of a friend you ready i'll help you out god um we have friends in our lives that don't know you that need you that don't yet know how great your love is and tonight god i want to pray for you guys take it away you just fill in names for um, our moms, moms in our lives. God, we, we have some moms in our lives that are living like just lives that are like dead, just dead inside. And you know who they are, God. You know their names, God. And we want to pray and just ask you, God, please, God, please do something, God to reach our moms that don't yet know you, that they would come to love you, God, and move from death to life. God, we want to pray for our, our fathers. Some of us, God, you know our lives, and you know that we have some fathers, some our dads that, that, that maybe don't know you, and they too maybe are living in just this dead life spiritually don't know your love they don't know your way and we pray God that you would work powerfully in our dads and that we get to see them move from death to life God we want to pray for our, our brothers and sisters some of our brothers and sisters God they they don't know you they don't know your love they are not walking in forgiveness before you God and they are dead inside they are dead spiritually dead God, we, we want to ask that you would just do something miraculous, that just like you stepped in and raised that little girl from, from the dead, that you would do something powerful in our parents and our families and our siblings and help them see them move from death to life to knowing you, God. You guys can keep praying if you'd like to, but if you'd like, you can stand and we're going to close out with one last song here.